You're listening to Radio Influence. You've seen Chef Ryan Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. What? This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Hey, everybody. What's going on? It's Friday morning. I got the burps. I don't know why. I just, I literally just, I just got finished interviewing somebody and, uh, and now I'm burping. I don't know why. I made it through the whole interview with not a single burp. It was impressive. So, um, first things first, I want to, uh, talk to you guys real quick about, um, my sponsor. So nogginware.com has decided to sponsor the show. We're really stoked about it. Y'all know how much I love hats, how many I wear. If you could see my office right now, you'd kind of laugh at the multitude of hats that I have up here. But um, do me a favor, go over to nogginware.com. Tell them that I sent you. Check out the stuff that they have. They have a limited edition um, kind of run of hats that they do that's pretty awesome. And then they also have a um, kind of like a classic, like a day-to-day stuff that's really awesome. But the coolest part about what they do is the fact that they have a subscription to their hats that you can get. You get a hat every single month, comes in a box, free shipping. It's just like me. I can't stand shipping. So go over there, tell them that I sent you and Chef Bride Duff is the way you want to say it. And uh, you can talk to nogginware.com and Scott and the boys, and we'll take care of everything for you that you need. Okay, so with that being said, um, I had a pretty much a, a purely amazing week, uh, this past week, um, uh, to the point that I was out in Spokane, Washington. Um, I, uh, I, I got invite invited to go out to do uh, some stuff for a new festival that's happening on the West coast. Um, actually it's the inland portion of Washington. So it's, uh, there's a, there's a great area up there that touches Idaho, northern Idaho, and Montana, kind of all within the same run. So this guy calls me from this event called Crave Northwest. And uh, Crave Northwest is a, a food festival and wine festival that is put on in Spokane, Washington, um, in Spokane Valley. So you know, look, I've heard of Aspen Food and Wine and South Beach and New York and, you know, the Hamptons and then everything else that we do and all the different food and wines that we do. And I've been to a bunch of them. And I'll, I'll tell you that this was unlike anything. It was just it was it was one. It was almost magical in a way. Um, so I flew out um, and a friend of mine came with me and we hopped on a bike. Uh, rented a Harley, actually Lone Wolf Harley Davidson, who I'm going to do a huge blow up to Lone Wolf Harley Davidson for this week, um, because you guys um, pretty much crushed uh, anything that I ever thought I could experience in a five to six day period. Um, they uh, gave me a bike, a 2015 Street Glide. Uh, which is a great bike. I love it. I'm a Harley guy, as everybody knows. I've got a street bob at home. Um, this was a street glide. Um, totally took care of us. Helmets, rain gear, which it gets kind of funny a little bit later on. I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But it was uh, it just, they were unbelievable. Like gift bag. And here's t-shirts for you and your friend. And 
Like it was just purely, purely awesome. What an amazing company. And, you know, I was talking about hospitality uh, with Roberta, who's one of my guests tonight. And I was talking about hospitality to her and something that happened to me at Quadratech out in Westchester, which I'll, you'll hear about it in a couple minutes. But Quadratech, hey, thank you so much as well. That was pretty crazy, but not Northwest. So, so uh, you know, get out there and land and um, uh, hop on the bike. <clears throat> and the goal was to go up in a sandy point um, up in Idaho and then head down across the river. I think it's called the Big Fork River. I can't remember. I'll have to Google that in a little bit. Um, come down back around there, come back all the way down this little road called 200 that pretty much runs the entire length of the lake and the river and, um, the Montana, um, uh, railway runs directly through this as well. I was kind of running along trail train tracks for a good portion of it. And it's kind of neat. They have fences up around the train tracks so that the wildlife don't get hit by trains or fuck up the trains or whatever it is, but just absolutely stunning. And then the rain came. The rain came pouring down upon us. So I uh, have little or no fear about a tremendous amount of stuff. Like even as I got a little bit older, like, you know, uh, my fear for certain stuff just didn't go away. I just I have I have very little fear. I'm not a tough guy. I just have very little fear. Fear is a mindset. It's something that um, that you put there. You put this there. You may never have been on top of a building before, but you're already scared of it, okay? Which, hey, guess what? Look, I'm not going to lie to you. If I'm standing on the top of a building and I look over, I'm going to get a little wobbly need, and you know how what happens. Guys, your balls kind of take a little trip north, and, you know, that's what happens. But uh, I'm, I have a fear of riding in the rain. And it is a valid fear. A couple of years ago, many years ago, I was riding in a car and I hit the brakes and skid, slid on some leaves. So, you know, I've been there. It happens. I've, been, I've had two, um, two downs on the bike. Uh, one, I got hit from behind at a red light. I got knocked off and uh, my bike got almost totaled. Um, another time, a guy had opened his car door on the highway so that he could spit his tobacco out. I hit the brakes. I was on some loose gravel. The bike went down. I went with it. Luckily, I had all my stuff on. I didn't get hurt. Broke my foot. But I have a fear of riding in the rain. It's just something that I have. And you know what? And you're on two wheels. Like, that's a fucked up feeling. You're on two wheels and you're going around a bend and the wheel's not going to lift up just a little bit, let a little bit of water under there, do a little hydroplane. And it's funny because I was out with my buddy Jeff a couple weeks ago, and he said to me, I was telling him what was going on. I'm like, I'm not a big fan of riding in the rain. And he said, you know, he's like, that's what these are meant for. The tires are meant to handle this stuff. So that was kind of my mantra in reality. So, you know, we I, I meditate and I, I sit back and I, I try to I try to make sense of every day and try to do at least a little bit of reflection, whether it's guided meditation or even just something just to sit there and kind of reflect in my brain. But, um, <clears throat> I, uh, I was, I was, I totally lost my train of thought on that. How crazy is that? Um, so anyway, when you meditate, there's, there's things that you do and it's a mantra. It's basically something that kind of gets repeated over and over again. It can be a word or a sound or, or whatever you choose to have it, have it be, um, account, whatever. Um, but, for me, my mantra during this whole thing is that's what these tires were made for. 
That's why the tires are sticking to the ground. You have to trust the tires. You're not going to, it's not going to slide out from underneath you, do whatever. But I'll tell you what, like that last hour was just purely horrific. I had at one point my helmet on and we were so close to getting to the hotel. And after, after waking up at four o'clock in the morning and hopping on a seven o'clock flight and having a layover in Phoenix and then landing in, in, in the Pacific Northwest at one o'clock in the afternoon, which for me at that point is now four o'clock in the afternoon. And I've been up for a total, you know, I've been up for 12 hours and I worked on the plane. I didn't really sleep. Um, and then I hop on a bike. So I really was very careful. I was very alert, very aware. Look, I wasn't being a jackass. I wasn't overriding. I wasn't doing anything I shouldn't have done because I was very careful and very, very aware of what was going on. The rain was a surprise. And I was in the middle of the, the desert. In reality, I was in the middle of the mountains. There was nowhere for me to pull over and get cover or shelter. There was not a hotel that was nearby. This was a storm that was going to be out for a while. So I had to get to my destination. So uh, finally, that last hour comes along and the wind, the rain is just blowing into my face. I had a, I had some goggles on that I had purchased earlier that day and I was, I was almost unable to see. I mean, I was wiping them off. I was going, I was going like 25 miles an hour at some point. You know, I, I looked back at my friend and I was, and at one point I remember saying, um, I remember saying, holy shit, thank God it's 45 miles an hour. Cause that meant that I could go like 15 without you know anything happening um but anyway it was it was pretty crazy that the the trip up there and and what was happening so finally ended up getting to the hotel about midnight finally after being completely wired and trying to wind down and discussing whether or not there was going to be food it was like a go to sleep at you know two o'clock in the morning thing so really fully up for like a good 24 hours um and then the next day walked out the back door of the hotel out of my window or out of my room onto the balcony and watched the rain just pour off the side of the mountain. So I ended up taking a video of it, which was kind of funny. And I got a message from uh, the weather channel a little while afterwards asking me if they could repost my video. So I hope everybody got to see my reposted video of the rain coming down upon us as it was out there. Um, but uh, yeah, so then rented a car and drove up into Glacier National Park and made a couple of stops along the way. Went to this little place called M&S Sausage. I got some great elk sausages and buffalo sausage, which guess what? Jackass did. I left it in the hotel in the refrigerator. Um, and then drove up into Glacier or actually into Kalispell, which is a really cool little town in Montana. Um, and uh, my buddy Jim at Lone Wolf Harley had said, you got to go to go to moose's saloon so driving all the way up uh 200 into kalispell and um basically stopped in this little place called moose's and i had a bud bottle because you know what when i'm out i'm redneck and i'm good i'm gonna drink a bottle of budweiser i'm gonna drink a full fat beer but i like budweiser i think it's got a good taste so y'all give me shit all you want anheuser-busch you know how i feel about you guys you know what else i like i like a course. I do like a Coors. I like a Coors a lot. I, I, you know what? I, I think I'm so used to saying Budweiser. I may just pour it over to Coors for a little bit. You know what? Coors and Budweiser, you guys should fight this out. You guys fight it out. Let me know how we win on this. But um, I love a full old school beer. I'm just a fan of that. I hate to say it. I'm a fan of them. I don't need, you know, I mean, I love our flying fish stuff. I think that the, the, the quality of beer that they make is just awesome. 
but I can have one or two of them because I'm really not a huge beer drinker. So when I do get out and I do get that beer, but I do love to cook with beer. Um, but when I get out there and I start drinking, look, I'm going to have a bud. You know, I'm going to have a bud bottle. I'm going to have a course, like an original, like a banquet. That's what I'm thinking about when I have a beer, um, which is oddly enough. It's one of the reasons why I like our Duffified Ale at the restaurant. Yes, plug, shameless plug for a beer with my name on it, rock and roll. Um, but one of the things that I uh, that I did, so we get into uh, Kalispell. We go into Moose's Saloon. I sit down at the bar after walking across the sawdust and the super low, like six foot five ceiling that was just above you. There was the bar and there was Scotty. Scotty was back there and Patrick was back there. And I have a great conversation with a gentleman to my left named Matt, who Matt um, was, a, he was a Montanan, man. He was, is that what you call the Montanan? He was a, he was a fucking man. Like, you know, when he shook your hand, you knew exactly that every single day of his life, there's been work involved in it. And I had a great conversation with him. And he has a daughter, oddly enough, who is a chef. And her nephew, her, her name is Kate Vaughn, K-A-T-E-V-O-N-N. So Kate Vaughn, if you're out there, we discussed it, but I'd love to have you on the show, have a conversation with you and see what's going on. Um but uh, and your pops a really good dude. He was going home. He was making dinner. He was going to do some halibut. He had a really nice method for doing the halibut. Um, I bought him a beer. He bought us a beer, you know. And then we bought a couple other people beers, and uh, then we kind of took off. Oh, we had some pizza at Moose's, which was pretty good as well. Then driving up into Glacier National Park is uh, hey, first off, you know, you're driving through this country. That, that God like, like put his finger down upon. I mean, it's stunning looking at the trees and just the fog that's rolling in off of the hills. And, 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 and it, it's, it's like new, but it's so old. You know, these trees are just massive that you're driving through and you're driving up this little road into, um, up into Glacier National Park. And it is, uh, you know, it's just, it's kind of a cool, little road that comes in it's just like any other park you get into you got to stop you got to drop some money in a bucket somewhere and we got to pay for what it is that we have um but it is uh it's it's pretty wild wait a second hold on for a second i just i just was googling something because i wanted to find out the name of the road that goes into glacier national park and here's something glacier park closes avalanche trail due to bear activity that's fucking awesome grizzly bears converge on avalanche lake trigger the trail closure in glacier park that's pretty wild because i was just about to drive up there um we got up about halfway in and we looked at the falls which are stunning the power of the the water just come flying off of this mountain from the glacial caps and everything that's up top and just the snow melting, um, you know, the road actually wasn't open because the snow was still up there and it was pretty prevalent, even though it was June, you know, so pretty awesome to see that all, all happen and to drive in there and see this beautiful, uh, these, these, these force of nature that's just unstoppable. Um, <clears throat> looking at the rocks that are underneath of it that are just smooth as a, like a little baby's butt because of that. It's just smooth as glass. It's like this beautiful marble. Um but it's uh, it's something that, that, you know, you have to experience. You've got to get up there and see it because, you know, I'm from the East Coast and we have some cool stuff out here. And we've got Bushkill Falls and I've been in Niagara and stuff like that. 
but to see this happen is uh, it's beautiful. I mean, it's just purely beautiful. So if you get a chance, get up there, um, check out some of this stuff and the uh, the road that it's called called Going to the Sun Road, and it is uh, a fifty mile stretch. It goes to the top of this mountain, and I'm, I'm told this is like you, you get up there and it's like glorious. But I won't know until I get back up there. So I'm definitely going to come back out. I'm hoping in July next year so I can do my stuff and kind of chill out. But um, so uh, so that night, I uh, stayed in Whitefish. Really didn't do much because it was just a pure exhaustion. You know, long day, traveling, driving, rainy weather, um, riding a bike for as long as I did the day before. Um, I started to get this weird kind of feeling in my hip. So I had to kind of get a little uh, little love on my hip there. Um, then I had to get the get a heating pad. Guess what, everybody? I'm a 45 year old man. I had to get a heating pad out for my uh, for my my hip. Um, but I uh, woke up the next morning. Felt strong. Felt awesome. Felt ready to rock and roll. Drove the car back down to Missoula, where we left the bike. Um, Lone Wolf Harley. I promise you, it was purely safe. It was uh, alarmed. They had a security guard on it the entire night, so nobody touched it. Um, but it was uh, drove back down and dropped the car off, and then hopped on the bike. Took the bike back up to uh, back up towards Glacier again, but this time we kind of cut off on the left, um, going up to a pretty cool place called Quinn's, which are these hot springs, these super super healing hot springs, loaded with minerals. Um, they have six pools um, on this little compound that they have. These beautiful cabins and. Um, there's cabins that overlook the water, the Montana, I guess it's the Montana river that's coming down because that was just, that was purely, it was, it was green, man. It wasn't like that blue water that you see in the Caribbean. It wasn't that brown water that you see coming off of mountains or East coast style or the Mississippi. This was this stunning green and blue water. Go to my Instagram at chef bride duff and check out some of the pictures that I posted. They're pretty awesome, man. There were some really, really neat sites, but this river just grabbed me. Every single time that I went around the corner, every time that I went around a bend, I look and there's this almost neon phosphorescent glow that is coming off of this river. So definitely check that out if you get out there. Um, the hot springs are pretty cool. I hopped in one pool. It was 98 degrees. Another one was 102, 104, 106. Oh, there was a 96 and 98, a 102, a 104, a 106, and then a 61. So I kind of did the whole realm and it's wild because as you get along, the minerals are so prevalent in this, in the water, then it actually is almost like the Dead Sea in a way. It kind of lifts you up. It's like a power of force that's underneath of you that's kind of holding you there, making you more buoyant, Um, which is kind of cool if you think about it. But the weird thing they say is that there's silica gel in the water, which is the creation of the, of the, all of the minerals and everything. So the silica gel is just kind of all over you. It's like this snotty boogery world. Um, that's in the really hot water and in the, in, in uh, some of the, not in the really, not in the, in the colder water, 61 and 98, but in some of the other waters, it was really coming out. I'd say it was really out there between 102 and 104. So, but for healing is, is really important. Um, you know, it's something that just kind of gets there. And um, uh, so, you know, we, we hung out there for about an hour and a half and had a real nice conversation with a bunch of people and hopped back on the bike and rode into St. Regis, Iowa, or I'm sorry, Idaho. Um, and then headed right up, or I'm sorry, not Idaho. I was still in Montana. And then headed up I-90 um, back into I-90 West, right back into uh, Spokane. So got into Spokane about five o'clock that afternoon, and uh, 
just right to work. Boom, ba boom, ba boom. Then it was, you know, fun, really cool going in and meeting these people for Crave Northwest. 50 chefs were involved in this whole thing. Um, Jeremiah Tower was there. Just like, what a great, uh, what a great man, you know, the father of, of modern or of California cuisine to be able to have a conversation with him. And we did, we had a brief conversation, but he was a busy dude. He just had a movie that just came out and all that good stuff. And a guy named Rick Moonen out of uh, Vegas, who's a really cool guy. I really liked him a lot. Super high energy. Um, another gentleman named Bruce, I unfortunately cannot remember his name, um, out of Chicago. Chef, it was a pleasure talking to you. I apologize that I cannot remember your last name. Um, we had some brief conversations, but it was real nice talking to you. Uh, I had a great conversation with Chad White. Um, Chad uh, is a super cool chef out there. Um, really, really good guy. He's got an amazing story, and I'm, I'd love to have him on and talk to him and have him talk to you guys about some of the trials and tribulations that he's been through. Um, but he was a super cool cat. Uh, I unfortunately did not make it down to the VIP party or the after party on Saturday night. I had, a set, I had an 8 a.m. flight and was just completely wired or completely just worn out from the entire week of riding. Um, uh, actually, that day before I gave the bike back, hopped up into uh, Mount Spokane, um, which is this beautiful, like, 13 or 14-mile ride just up the side of a mountain. And it just drops you off up top, and you look out, and, and you see just everything that's going on beneath you. So, Okay. Um, so I'm just kind of talking about this amazing trip and I, I just, I want to get it back to, to reality here for a minute. Um, I want to thank Lone Wolf Harley Davidson for what they did for me, uh, with that amazing experience, um, to get on a bike and your hospitality was just unmatched. Um, I wish that I could find more hospitality, like what you guys do in, in restaurants and, and, and operations around the world, because you guys just crushed it. Every single one of you from from, you know, from, from Jim who came out and then Dan, who I had in a conversation with and Mo from social media and the girls that were over in the equipment and over in clothing and, you know, just a really, really a, a world-class operation. And I would love to take you up on the offer of me coming out there and buying a bike from you guys. Um, let's work a deal out. All right. To Crave Northwest, uh, you know, what can I say? I mean, it was just an amazing experience. I, I, you know, I, I flew out there thinking I was going to get to cook and, and, and I, you guys made me feel like a rock star. Uh, you really made me feel really, really welcome. Um, asking me to do kind of the opening speech for the whole thing with the VIP was really cool for me. Um, and I appreciate all that. So, um, so I do want to thank you guys for that. And um, I hope that Crave Northwest next year is, uh, is just bigger and better and without a little bit of rain. Um, cause that was the only damper to me, but I'll tell you what, it didn't stop me from throwing back some great wine, a couple of beers and some amazing food on that Thursday night. So, um, so definitely crave Northwest. I want to thank you guys. Uh, okay. So, uh, here's where we kind of, uh, segue, we kind of stop for a minute and we're going to do, um, just a little break. Uh, just a real quick one, because I need to introduce you guys to, um, to a friend of mine. Okay, I want to introduce you guys to uh, a really, really cool lady who I met a couple of years ago in an event um, going into uh, uh, what we talk about it during the episode. So you guys will be able to hear that. But um, her, her name is Roberta Pepito, and she is a, a truly wonderful woman. I, I adore her. I'm glad that I can call her my friend. Um, I, uh, I really am, am. I really do respect her for what she does and um, her vigor and her passion for what she does. 
Um, I respect her for her relationship that she has. Uh, you know, I, I joke around about it really quick in the show, but uh, you heard her and her husband, Rick, have an amazing relationship that is one that everybody should really take a look at. It is one of love. It is one of respect. And it is one uh, that I hope that I get to have someday because it was really a nice thing. And there's there's a, there are a couple. Um, they have a beautiful family and they are very, very much in love. And it's really awesome to see because it reminds me of my own parents. Um, so without further ado, I want you guys to have a quick conversation with my dear friend. Her name is uh, Roberta Pepito. You can catch her on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook as homemade delish as well as her blog that's called homemade delish and she's a super cool chick and here we go all right everybody so you heard me do a little bit of an introduction a couple seconds before but i'm going to give you another one really quick why because i love this chick she's super awesome um very aggressive uh very uh driven in what she does and all at the same time she balances it all with being just a pretty badass mom super super cool chick and an awesome wife so everybody say hello to my friend roberta papito wow you said that perfectly and i didn't pay you to say any of that (laughs) that's awesome what's going on jersey lady what's up no another day in paradise i just flew in we talked about that i just got here and uh i'm leaving uh wednesday morning Gosh, you ever stop? I know the girls and I, we're going on vacation. We're taking off. We're going to the Outer oh, Banks. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we're doing like 12, 13 days um, down in the Outer Banks, uh, kind of a little bit of a secluded area, which we're really stoked about. We only do four-wheel drive beaches anymore. That is really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, wow. we drive the Jeep right up. It cost me like 50 bucks for the entire season, which for the season for us is about 13 days. We head down. Uh, we get down there, and we just kind of hang out. We either get a hotel. We're staying at a friend's house for the first Two nights, and then we get into our house on Saturday. So right. three nights, and then Saturday. Wow, that's cool. I'm going to be looking at your stuff. You yeah, I know. You know the cool. <laughs> I mean, you know what thing? And you're a Jersey girl. I mean, do you, what yeah, do you guys do? Northeast, Northeast Philly. I know, but I mean, Northeast you live in Jersey Philly. now, so that literally no, just. No, I live in Bucktown. What? When did you guys? County. So yeah. Lost. See what? So this yeah. is what happens when you're on the road for 14 weeks at a shot. Everybody okay. moves. Where do you guys? up with everybody we're in bucks county okay so when did you move to bucks county uh two years oh nice have you ever lived in jersey no i mean i grew up going to jersey you know what i mean why did i think you were from jersey that's why i was like what did he just say am i talking to the right person (laughs) i have no idea yeah i'm a northeast philly girl i was born in brazil um i came here when i was about six months old um but Raised in Northeast Philly. I'm a Philly girl all the way through. Where where in Northeast Philly? Uh, like Ronhurst section. Oh, okay. Because I used to have yeah. a restaurant on Rising Sun in Levick. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know that area. Yeah, right up the street. It was actually, it was uh, it was the old, it was it, it shared the parking lot with Northeast Eye Associates. Okay. Yeah, you know it's not the is. same as it used to be back in the day. But well, that's because yeah, everybody gets shot. Pretty well. They shoot you now. It is. Whereas before they just yeah. go into your car and rob the stuff out of it, now they actually shoot you and they leave the car and just take your keys. Absolutely. Yep, that's what they do. Northeast Philly, I love you, baby, but y- y- it's a fucked up area right now. It is. It really is. It's, it's a really so bad. bad. I go back there and I'm like, I can't believe I used to live here. Like, it's not the same anymore, you so know? So, were you like classic, I mean, not, not like, I mean, row home? Uh, twin. In a twin. Okay. House. But back in the day, actually, my fir- my parents first came here. We were living right off of like Fifth Street, like in North Philly. Right. You know, because back then it was like it was yeah. nice. 
It was a whole you different know? area. Yeah. So, um, but then we moved up to the Northeast. Um, but yeah, we lived in the row home for a little bit and then we moved to the twin. So who's so. Brazilian, your mother or your father? Both my parents are Brazilian and Italian. Oh, wow. Brazilian, so. Italian. Yep. Oh, nice. That's a mix. Nice. And what's Rick? Rick is Rick is uh, Roberta's husband. He's, he's a mix. He's a mixed mutt. Mixed he's mutt. Like Italian, Polish, German, Irish. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's got a, he's got a whole world of drinking behind him in that one. He does. He does. But he's mostly Italian for sure. Right. Um, on his dad's side. Now, now Brazil. Do you guys speak Brazilian at all? Portuguese. Po- yep. So full Portuguese. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that was sure my where first language. That was your first, and so you do. Do you still speak it? Your parents speak it. Yep, we speak. I speak and write, and I actually graduated high school in Brazil. My parents decided to go back my senior year of high school. Wow. Okay. So say something yeah. super awesome in in Portuguese. Você é um cara muito legal. Nice. <laughs> Which means you are an awesome, dude. Ah, I like that a lot. Very much. <laughs> so hold on, I have to drink water. By the way, this is this whole podcast is is literally all about. Uh, just what happens in life. So, like, my daughter will call me and we answer the phone. Like, that's the way this works. It's mm-hmm. fun. So, have you listened oh, to the yeah. podcast? And you can lie and say I you have it. Actually, no, I actually did because I'm like, okay, let me see what he's all about with his podcast. So, I did. I did give it a couple, uh, couple episodes. I listened to the ginormous foods one that you did. He's a good egg. Um, Josh is the best. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty cool what you do. It's laid back. It's nice getting to know people. You know. It's not drinking and getting banged up with my husband at the kitchen table. <laughs> That's our thing. We love doing that. That's I love thing. those. I love watching yeah. them. They're fun. It gives, it gives people an experience of a married couple, you know? Well, but you guys are also a little different because you're both a personality. So it kind of works out really well. Yeah. You know I mean? You guys sure. both have your own your own individual personalities. You guys are a good team. It's nice to watch. Thank I you. say that all the time about you guys is that you're a very nice team. Thank you. you. A, lot of, a lot of people say that. I think we compliment each other well. You do, awesome. you do, but yeah. you guys have a mutual respect for each other, and there's a, and you can see the love, like that's what's yeah. really cool. So, yeah, and I have his support, and he has mine, and that's I think that's important, you know, especially in this industry when it's you know you're on the go all the time and going to events and stuff like that. So, yeah, you it's know? crazy. What? How the hell did we end up here? I know. <laughs> Seriously, I know. so what is? So go ahead. So why don't you tell everybody what you do now, and then I'll dig in from there. Okay, so I have a food blog called Homey Delish. Uh, that's my baby. That's where I started at. And then from there, I started doing TV segments. Uh, ABC's The Chew, Rachel Ray, Fox 29 here in Philly, a um, couple other, like NBC 10 and stuff like that. So I've been around quite a little bit, Dr. Oz, too, just contributing, you know? Right. So it just started from there. And then now I do um, Food Network and Cooking Channel. Um, New York City Food and Wine Festival in October. Nice. Cool. So that's the only festival that I commit myself to because I'm not a restaurant. Right. So to do 1,500 servings when you're not a restaurant is pretty crazy. What are you, now where are you doing the bulk of your prep and, and the purchasing of your food? Are you getting it donated? I get it donated or sponsored, depending. Okay. Um, some of the sponsors are cool because they're like, we don't really need you to put anything on the tables, but just give us shout outs and mentions on social media. Right. So, yeah. So what are you so doing this year? As long as you have that following, I don't know yet. They gave me a huge list of different things they want us to use. So I have to brainstorm and think of something by July. So, oh. But they, it's an autumn theme. Oh, so nice. I have to think of something, yeah. Cool. It's fun going up there. So oh, what? So what? So how did how did Homemade Delish come to? What was the 
What was the day that you were like, you know what, I want to write about food, and why was that? It wasn't even my um, idea. It was Rick's idea. Wow. <laughs> He's like, you cook so well, you know, you love doing all this stuff. You had, I did a year of photography and uh, love taking pictures of food and stuff, so I started started the website, and he's like, go for it. I didn't think people were going to actually, like, follow or like or subscribe or any of that. Well, how, how long ago was this? Uh, it will be six years in December. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, and yeah. what did you do before that? I, I was a stay-at-home mom, and then before that, I was a title insurance partner for wow. houses. Yeah, Exciting. and if you want to go way back to that, I was selling cell phones back in the day. Wow, who'd you sell cell phones for, Nokia? Oh my gosh, so I did, um, we did a whole line of them. We used to do, like, remember Voice Stream? Yeah, absolutely. And Nextel and all that. Chirp, still around? I think Nextel's around, but I don't think it's the same kind of world that it was before. I know that yeah. they still, if I'm not mistaken, and I mean, and I'm, I'm like the king of Google. So mm-hmm. if they... Uh, I think they do, they still do like business to business type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's but see. I remember selling those packages all the time to like contractors and stuff like that. And singular used to be the one too. I mean, if you look at it, technology has come such a long way with phones, you know, you know, what's so funny. Did you know that, uh, that, uh, Nextel in Brazil, Nextel has a huge part with in Brazil. Really? Yeah. There you go. I did not know that. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're uh, Nextel in Brazil and formerly Argentina, Chile and Peru, the Philippines and Mexico is a part of uh, NII Holdings, a standalone publicly traded company that is not owned by the Sprint Corporation. This is from 1987. They moved on prior to merging with Sprint in 2005. Um, they were a publicly traded company and served out of 198 of the top 200 markets. Wow! In 2010, Sprint Nextel plans to decommission. So they got rid of their service, their individual service in 2012. Wow, that's not... Well, so, oh, wow, they shut the whole system down. There it is. They shut the whole system down in 2013. What the heck would we do without uh, Google? Exactly. We'd all be, jack- <laughs> we'd all be assholes. We'd be, we would just be making shit up. And that's what we used to do. That's what we did. That's what my father did. I always thought my father was brilliant because he knew everything, you know, and everything. then I was, and he did know everything. But now I'm like, well, I know that shit too, man. I got Google. Or like how we used to go to places where we used to use maps and stuff, like actual maps. Oh my God. So I'm, I'm in this tiny, tiny little town in Montana the other day called Dixon. And it was <laughs> literally this tiny, minute little town on the way to Plains uh, Mon- or Idaho. And, uh, this guy comes rolling up on a heart and I'm, and Robert, I'm telling you, it's like, this is a bar and I put it on my Snapchat, but it was a, it was a bar with, that had like a lazy boy in the middle of it. The bar was probably the size of like an average, like an average person's kitchen Okay. with just so much shit everywhere. There's a cat with no tail, like walking on the (laughs) bar. It was so bad. So I walk out the front door. I walk out the front door of the bar and I'm like doing a, I'm doing like an Instagram video in the middle of the street. And, and as soon as I finish the video, this, this Harley comes rolling out. I swear to God, it was like, it was like, like you, you would assume it'd be like a skeleton on a bike. Like it was so ghost out of rider. nowhere, ghost total rider. ghost rider. And he just pulls up next to me and he's like, Hey man, uh, place to get some gas around here. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm like about six miles up the road. There's a there's a gas station on the left hand side. It's a Conoco, C-O-N-O-C-O, which is like the gas station out there. And he's yeah. like, all right, man, thanks a lot. And he like revs his engine and takes off. 
And I look over at a friend of mine who was with me, and I was like, that man had a map on the back of his bike. <laughs> like, he had a full map, like, in the plastic, like, folded up with wow. exactly where he was going. I couldn't. And I'm pissed off because I have no service, and I can't get on Instagram. And you can't, <laughs> and you can't share that you with You know? People. I'm like, I need to share quick. Somebody quick, take a picture of this this lonesome ghost it's driver. It's so bad how much we depend on our phones for everything now. Like, for absolutely crazy. everything. It's really I bad. think, like, our kids, our kids now, they're, like, not even learning the way we we learned, you know? Well, they don't. Your kids are so young. How old are yours? Seven, and my daughter will be nine. So do you, does your daughter have a name, or do you just call her my daughter? Oh, Lana. Yeah, Lana and Tony. <laughs> I know that, but you said Devin. No, I didn't. Well, where did Devin come from? Devin? That's what you just said. No, I didn't. Oh, my God. Okay, everybody. Hats. I know I just did it before. We talked about it real quick, but this is the long one. This is the one where I get to tell you about the subscriptions that they do. They have three different tiers of subscriptions. They have like a one month, a three month, and a six month, and they're really not even that expensive. I think it's like 130 bucks for the six month. That's nothing, okay? For quality hats that these guys make, that's absolutely nothing. They make my hats for me, all my Duff hats with the knives crossed, and my Duff Fifi Ed hats. They do those as well for me. I love them. Um, Scott and the boys are very talented. They've got a great brain. One of the cool things that they do, they pair up with artists as well as cartoonists and they make these limited edition hats. So usually the limited edition hats that they do, they run out, they never do them again. Okay. But you guys can get them through a subscription. One of the best things, the other best things, I know I keep saying the best things about Nogginware, but one of the great things about Nogginware is that you get a gift in every single one. And guess what? It's going to make you a little bit smarter, my friends. Plus, you want to be even smarter than that? All of their hats come with free shipping. Scott hates shipping as much as I do, so you're getting free shipping. You guys want to play around, toss in the code Chef Duff. see what's going to happen. There's always something fun that Scott throws in there, and I hope you guys enjoy that. So do me a big favor. Go over to nogginware.com. Say hi to Scott and the boys. Tell them you want a fancy Duff hat. Or check out the stuff that they have, some of the limited edition ones, the day-to-day kind of happy life hats that they have, which are really awesome. Definitely go over, check them out. Say hi to Scott, say hi to the boys, and tell them that I sent you. And now, back to us. Okay, so we were talking food, and then we we, we digressed, like, yes, severely. We did. We did. So what do we do before cell phones, all that sort of stuff? So so how did the like how did the blog come to him? I mean, what was the – so Rick said, hey, you're really good at this. You should definitely do something, and boom. It so, just went from there. So why it's Homemade Delish? Um, I just came up with the name. I figured – homemade because everything that I do, I like to do homemade. Um, that's just the way my dad is a professional chef and baker. So that's pretty much where my talent, I guess, or skill came from because I was cooking at a very, very young age, especially making like homemade pastas and gnocchi and all that. Um, so it just became, I wanted to do something that's homemade and delish just, you know, instead of putting delicious, I just put delish. Nice. You know, and I like, and I like doing all that stuff. You know, showcasing stuff like with my kids as well. You know, I love for them to be involved in cooking. You know, I think it's super important for your kids to be involved in that. Right. They become less picky eaters. You I know? agree. Totally agree. So they, I mean, they've been smelling herb, like little herbs and stuff and, and cheese and everything since they were in the little swing chair, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so what, so, okay, so do you remember the first recipe you posted? I actually, this is the funny thing. So when I first started the website, I wasn't putting any recipes. I was just writing like, you know, like a little story about 
the food and kind of the preparation. I wasn't putting like the whole recipe or anything like that. And then people started saying, hey, can I get the recipe? And then from there, I started to put the recipes. It was paella was the first one. Oh, nice. There you go. Yeah. So. And so now what ha- so how did the TV stuff come to? What was that whole world and, and what what brought that upon? So I went to um, ABC's The Chew. I was I went there as a guest and I started talking to one of the producers and they were like, you have such a great personality. And then I started telling them I had a website and they're like, we would love to have you on. And then from there, it was that. And then just it's everything's about connection. You know, I started to meet like PR people here in Philly and they're like, hey, you should do segments on Fox 29. I'll put you in touch with Producers, and that's just the way it goes, you right. know. And hard work. I mean, you got to be persistent. You got to keep on it. You know. That's the God's honest truth. It's never ending. <laughs> it never ends. Never, never ends. ends. Oh my God. I mean, you get emails constantly, like from like left to right, and you don't know what to do or respond. Sometimes I go crazy. There's just so much to do. You right. Know? So now, who? So did do you have an agent now? Do you have a manager? What's your What's your world? Have you Have you got into that world? Yes, I'm scratching my ear while I talk to you. You can totally. <laughs> Totally see that. So I have an itch in my I have, ear. I have a public relations girl that I actually met in New York City. Um, so I work with her. She actually started with me as an intern. What's her name? Um, you can plug Courtney. her. Courtney. Courtney Got yep. it. So, uh, and from there, she's been helping me, you know. But I do a lot of it, too. I, you know, I think I have my own set ways, I think. And I got to let people start helping me. But sometimes I'm just like, I'd rather do it, you know. Yeah, the social media stuff's really tough to give up. It is it so is. tough to give up. Mm-hmm. I can't stand. Look, I, I'm just trying to get my staff to do six to do three posts a shift in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. They can't even bang that one out. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine if I had somebody who was trying to do the same stuff that I do. Plus, there's something about the way that we write. And, you know, people know that it's you. They know. What they're not putting in. Uh, totally. Yeah. Um, I have a uh, I have a I have a, uh, a secret Twitter that mm-hmm. that nobody knows about. I mean, oh, really? everybody You're knows. Tell me now? <laughs> everybody knows that I have one, but nobody knows who it is. So I'll never, and I'll never tell that. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty funny because there was one day where I wrote something, and somebody had reply had sent me a private message and said, "Are you are you a chef?" Yeah. And I replied and I said, "No, why?" And she said, "Because you write exactly like Chef Brian oh. Duffy does." Oh wow! And I thought Thanks. that's so weird. So I blocked the shit out of her really, really fast, totally fast. So wow, um, she nabbed me. Yeah, but it was one person, and that was about four or five years ago. Um, and social media too, you get like the haters. Oh, you know? I love oh, haters. I, mean, I love haters. Oh my god, I, I have so much. Fun I don't even respond them. to them. I let actually people that follow me do the responding. And they will. They will rip them apart as well. They do. They do. And I don't even do it. I remember the first time I got my first hater. The first person I called was Tony Luke, and I'm like, dude, like, what do I do? He's like, welcome to fame. Yeah. Like you have a hater. <laughs> yeah, haters are the best. So, I have a stalker, so I'm good. Oh god. Like a full yeah. fledged. She follows you. Uh huh. Yep. No, I know she does. She does. I think she follows a couple people. She follows all of them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, pretty, it's pretty scary, though. And I get, like, inboxes sometimes, and I show Rick, like, these dudes, like, you know, hey, what's going on? Like, Really? You're, or you're, like, you're pretty hot and stuff like that. And they well, know that I'm married, you yeah, know? But, and, but there's always a chance. But there's, in that guy's mind, there is a chance. I guess so. I don't in know. that guy's mind, there's a chance. And the other thing is that you're very approachable in world anyway and 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 i mean i know you as a person but but yeah. even as a personality you're very approachable 
Right. So, yeah. Are you getting but like? It's, it's funny though. It's funny. The one guy actually said he wanted to send me money. He's like, "I'll send you money. You're just so poor. Like whatever. What's your account?" And Rick's like, "Well, how much is he gonna send?" Take you? it seriously. <laughs> well, and, and you know like, what? Oh my god, no, I'm not doing that. Do you know that? Do you know there's women out there that have have Amazon wish lists? No, I swear to God, they have Amazon wish lists. So I met this girl, like I guess about a year and a half ago, at a uh, at, at karaoke. Totally, like she could be the same age as my daughter, for all I know. Nothing, nothing whatsoever. Like no, nothing, nothing going on. I just met her, yeah. and I remember her saying, "Like follow me on Snapchat." And I was like, "All right, whatever." Like I've I followed like a person on Snapchat, yeah. and I think it was my daughter anyway. Yeah. And so I followed her, and then I started to see her post, and she was saying like. My Insta or my my Amazon wish list is here, so go and check it out in my link. And in there's like, like 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 spiked heels and leather dresses and edible underwear. I learned more about this person in like the first week, uh, and, and I met her. I met her for seven minutes, you know, at a bar because she was friends with a friend and. Uh, yeah, and she's not the only one. There's a lot of women I didn't out there. I realize that, that you yeah. can make a list. What, do they just send it to you then? No, you, they, well, what they do is they go into your wish list and they purchase it for you and it automatically ships to your P.O. box or whatever it is. But they don't know your address. Well, no, they don't know. Well, look at you getting all inqui- <laughs> inquisitive here. Rick, I got you covered, dude. Dude, rent, mortgage, mortgage is covered, Rick. I got, we got this. We got this. It's all good. You're going to get Amazon gift cards. Says, Can you pay your mortgage with an Amazon gift card? I think that's the question. That's so funny. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just, it's interesting to me. It is. I it's totally interesting. interesting. I mean, I have a friend of mine who has, she's a wonderful person, but she takes, she takes very kind of risque pictures of herself. Yeah. Never nude. She's never naked. It's just, I guess, the angle of a camera or whatever it is. Yeah. And, uh, and she, she lives off of that. Oh my god! I mean, like crazy. guys pay her rent. Do you know that there's also? I just found this out. I so I I dated a woman who lived in San. I'm, I'll tell you everything. I dated That's a woman who lived crazy. in San Diego, and one of her friends who and she was a super cool chick. I love this woman. She was awesome. Um, yeah. but she uh, had a friend of hers who is a full blown escort, and it's all through an app. Oh my god. It's all through an app. The whole thing is through the app. Like and you determine your rate. And she's like four grand or something for the night. Yeah. Wow. I mean totally not worth it. But I mean they're coming up joking, with so joking. much stuff nowadays. Now they even have like a camera where you can like set up in your house. Yeah. There's this this website that they come to your house, they set up a camera throughout your house, and every month they'll pay you like two hundred bucks. Or they think it's like 200 or something like that. But they set it up. They want to just like, well, I guess there's like feed or they want to watch you. I guess there's people that want to watch you or it's something. A, there's, it's know. a live feed. Yeah. And first off, 200 a month is not worth it. It's not worth just it. Just so you know, you talk to me about 20 grand. It's a different world. Yeah. But seriously. I mean, really? And you don't know where it's installed. They come in your house. And they install it. So you yeah. have no idea where it's at. That's when you that's rent. That's when you rent your house. $200? You rent for two hundred bucks. That's you crazy. kidding me? Yeah. I blew two hundred dollars at Target today buying bathing suits for the beach for the girls, and a whole bunch of stupid shit that nobody ever needs. But I did. Yeah, I don't that, need... that flies. You can't go to Target anyway. Two hundred bucks. It's not even worth. It. What's that? Two hundred bucks times twelve. It's just not worth it. It's the same thing when you go like shopping for food. I swear to God, I spend so much money on. Food. Disgusting! How much money we spend on food? 
Oh and then I, well, just... I love I love the farmers market and we have a garden now too that that's growing and stuff like that. Um which I think is like the best thing in the summertime. Totally. Yeah. I was saying oh. to the girls today, I wish I had my tomato plants planted because I've been on the road for so long. But I wish I had my tomato plants planted because today would have been like this that stunning that rain that came down yes. totally would have plumped them all my up. Gar- my garden is gonna get so much from that. But last year we had so much freaking tomatoes that we didn't even know what the hell to do with them. Like we were giving bags out to like neighbors. I was That's making awesome. like I was making tomato jam, tomato sauce. Like I didn't even know what the hell to do with more tomatoes. Like I was like, what am I gonna do with this? And so, actually by the by the end of it, I was sick of tomatoes, but then of course you miss it afterwards. Yeah, my parents, you know what my parents do? My parents drive up into Lancaster and they mm-hmm. buy cases of tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And they buy them for like four or five, six dollars at the end of the summer. And then they bring yeah. them back and then they make like my mother will do concasse. So she'll make all the concasse tomatoes. My father will make some gravy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's always, you know, like that, 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 like they just freeze a whole bunch of them. They peel yeah. them and get them all set and ready and they peel them and they're, they're a riot with them. They love going yeah. out and doing it. So. I know on uh, like some of my family, they used to get together back in the day and we used to get, everybody used to have the garden with the tomatoes and we would get like cases and make like tomato sauce, like the like the sauces and just them with the whole family nobody does that anymore do people still no. do that nope no. i loved my aunts and I, i'm irish and italian so my grandmother mm-hmm. was an honorado and mm-hmm. i loved and my grandmother had seven sisters wow yeah seriously so um i believe it's seven seven sisters seven or eight i think there were nine kids one boy the oldest the rest were all sisters my grandmother was the baby um, wow. but they all would come over for Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday at like the whole nine yards and they would uh, like ravioli yeah. standing yeah, in the kitchen, all the women. And then the, the husband, the fathers and the husbands would sit in the living room and make crosses out of the palm. Yep. Yep. I mean, I remember, like I said, gnocchi was one of the biggest things that we, that I learned how to make very, uh, very, we didn't even have the paddle. You know how you have the gnocchi yeah. paddle? We would just use like the fork. Like yeah. The back of the fork, sure. Flatten know? it and roll it. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Now the kids do it. They love doing it. Well, yeah. that's what we would have to put the we would put the ravioli together. So we would take the fork around the outside of it, and we mm-hmm. would press down on them and make sure that they were all fully done. Yeah. And then, yeah, so and then we would eat it. Like, so what uh, was that? I guess is that that's Palm Sunday because then and then Easter Sunday is a week later, right? Yep. Yep. So that's what we would do. We'd make them on Palm Sunday, and then Easter Sunday we'd eat all the ravioli. Oh God! There's nothing like fresh pasta though. Oh my god, I love it. Fresh pot, and it's something about where it's just so light. Yeah. I feel like it's light compared to like packaged pastas. So, are you making your own pasta, or are you buying fresh? No, I always, I always make it at home. It's so really? easy to make at home. I know, I, I know it is, but some people you know? don't do it. So, are you? Do you have? Yeah, some people don't do it. They don't have to. I get it. Some people don't have time or whatever. And if I were to buy, I'd rather buy fresh. Right. Um, you know, because they do have fresh around. Um. Worst case scenario, yeah, I'll buy, I'll buy a package, you know, of pastas. But I mean, so like, I mean, how, well, uh, this is intriguing me because you make it. How mm-hmm. often are you making, how often are you cooking pasta? We don't eat pasta all the time. I would say maybe like twice a week, you know. Did you say we don't eat pasta all the time? No, we don't. Twice a week's <laughs> all the time, lady. I hate to tell twice, you. Twice a week, twice a week, but then we, I store it. I either store oh, okay. it in the fridge. Um, or I give it to my in-laws or my brother-in-law. Like, you know, I, if I don't eat it, I'm not going to put it to waste. So what'd you make like last week? What kind of pasta did you make? Last week we had gnocchi. Okay. That's not really pasta. It's 
potato dumplings, people just will come back and say that to me all the time. Yeah, I know. That's because they have to prove you wrong when you say something. I swear to God, it's fucking like assholes. <laughs> fucking assholes. Um, but yeah, we we made we made that, and then um, I love just doing a traditional like pomodoro like sauce. Yeah. With like like ziti. I mean, not even ziti, like anything, like any kind of pasta, you know, like I a love fettuccine, ziti. a fettuccine, or even like um. The ones that the kids love is, is the really big, thick ones. Oh, my gosh. Pepperdelli. Yes. Pepperdelli. The easiest one to make for me. Yeah. I don't have to sit there. I mean, it's the easiest one to make. Now, are you running it through, like, a KitchenAid, or are you running it through a pasta I machine? Don't, I don't have a KitchenAid. I have the traditional silver Yeah. What, what was that, like, Mama, Mama Lucci or whatever the hell her name that's was? She's still in the I same have. picture. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, that's the one that I have. That's yeah. That I use. My ex-friend had one. I put it on the table. Yeah. And, like. You can do it right on the table, and that's the way I do it. That's it. There you go. Yep. My ex-girlfriend yep. had one of those. I lost it in the separation. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so if anybody wants, you can go to my Amazon wish list. Grab me uh, <laughs> grab me some stilettos and a pasta, a pasta roller. That's all I need, and we're good. My gram- I remember my mother used to have the – or my grandmother would bring over um, – do you remember the trays with the wire on them? Think so. So it it was my it my it was like a pasta hanger. You would hang your pasta through these wires. And See now, th- my grandmother, what she used to do is just like a the wooden the like, dowel. Yes. Yeah. That's just she would just hang them on. in between like, two but chairs. It was, it, but no, but there was another one. It was a wooden one that was like for clothes. Oh, uh, little wooden ones that would stand up. She would yeah, yeah the, it, but it was tabletop, right? No, it no. was like. Pull up like this. Damn, your yeah. grandmother made some serious pasta. But it was for clothes, though. But she would use it for pasta. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of pasta. Well, yeah, my dad's side of the family they eat a lot of pasta. When yeah. Rick went to my family's first Thanksgiving, that guy so much it was ridiculous. Because <laughs> <laughs> awesome. my uncle, my uncle Alfredo comes out. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna make pizza now." It's like 11:30 at night, you right. know. That's so. funny. So what is your, so like, what, what's your plan with the whole, I mean, how, like, how far along is homemade delicious in your brain? I mean, how much further do you want it to go? Well, I'll always keep it around. A lot of people ask me that. They're like, even if you get like a show or if you get like something going on, you know, I'm always going to keep it around. It'll always be there. That's what got me to, you know, to where I am now. So I'll always keep posting on there and sharing stuff, you know. Nice. So. And then what is... So, I mean, like, do you have a full idea? Like, do you have an idea for a show? Do you have an idea for a radio so, show, a podcast? Yeah. I mean, what is so, the... For sure, for sure. There's a couple of things. You know how it is. You have ideas. You share it with, you know, TV and radio and stuff like that. Yeah. It either goes or it doesn't go. So right now there's there's a project that we're working on for hopefully a TV thing. Nice. So fingers crossed for that. But, you know, it's projects. It could go in, it could go out. You know, you never know. Yeah. So, yeah. And then how is, I mean, what are, so how, how did you get involved with Dr. Oz? And that's that, a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, I don't remember how I got involved with that. I really don't even remember. It's hmm. been so long. I've been going there for so long. I think it was just a producer that hit me up. They emailed us and said, you know, we would love to have you on for a segment. And then from there, and actually the first segment that I was on, it was about using the lemons for like like skincare or like for your hair or stuff like that. It wasn't even like cooking. Yeah. And then from there, the producers were like, oh my God, we love you. We love your personality. We want to keep you coming back. Right. So that's the way, that's the way I got that little gig. 
Nice. That's the way most of them. And, and then, you know what? It's so funny because I, I have people who are, you know, they have their first their, their first run on Chopped or I won guys grocery games. Now, who do I get an agent? You know, so it's so funny to watch that process. I mean, it took me like 12 years to get an agent. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it took a long time for me to really get something like to. I mean, you got to move. There's a lot of stuff that goes with it. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, the thing is, like, you always got to keep on it. You know, you always got to keep on it because it's not. I mean, you can be irreplaceable. I mean, you could be irreplaceable. There's people out there, you know. They're there. I mean, they're there no matter what. I mean, they're pitching yep. the same shows, you know. I mean, I talked to Josh last week and Josh Denny, my buddy who does ginormous foods. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a chef. He's he's a comedian. Yeah. You know, that's his world. He was never involved in that space. It was just something that came to him. And, and he was like, hey, what the hell? I'll try it. And and, and that's what, what came to Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, here's us, we're chefs and that's what we do, but yep. so, so how, so in the, in the, in the, the true reign of chef, I mean, are you, have you been in restaurants? Did, you know, what's so your, I worked with my dad in the bakery for a very long time. Nice. I mean, I was going to the bakery with my dad around eight, nine years old, learning how to do like little things, right. you know, but I started actually working in like cutting bread and making dough and bagels and stuff like that by like 13. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was. I mean, I was waking up with him in the summertime, especially at like three o'clock, yeah, o'clock in the morning, and going to the bakery. Did he pay you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. And the thing that I remember the most is the, the fresh smell of bread to me is like no other. And he would have butter like in the fridge at the bakery, and as soon as that bread would come out, we would <laughs> butter right on. Oh, like the best. I mean, That's there's nothing. Yeah. So yeah, I would get paid minimal, you know, but I would help them. And that's what I learned, you know, right. How to weigh everything, you know, and stuff like that. You, I, I'm shocked at the amount of people who have no idea with weights and measurements. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I interview people. I interviewed for a property <laughs> in Indianapolis two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And I'm not shitting you. 75% of the people that I asked had no idea how many ounces were in a cup. Oh my God. See, that's the funny thing, because I remember with my dad, he would always, he was so hard on me. My dad's like a pro in math, and I think that's just, it was hand in hand with, with being a chef and a baker, especially a baker, because you need to know your measurements, you know? Um, but he was constantly on me, like, how much is this? How much is it? I, I hated math, and he would be on me, like, yelling at me, and I would be like, I don't know. <laughs> Funny, but, I, had a, I had one of my cooks do that the other day. Started, I think he actually did start to cry, so. Were you, mean you know to them? Were you mean to them? No, I'm not mean to them. But you know what it is like my my the problem that I have, and and I talk about it all the time, especially when I go through interview process for new properties and and whatnot, is just don't lie. Yeah. Don't lie. Yeah. You're gonna have a conversation with me, and I'm asking you a question of Do you can you explain? I mean, the like the basics if you're if you're in this industry and you're going yeah. for an executive chef position or whatever it is. Can you explain to me the formula for food cost? Well, the formula is very simple, and if some well, and you don't have to know it because it's it's not <laughs> a world would, that you live in. I wouldn't, yeah, exactly. And, and you wouldn't, and you would have, and even after I tell Did you, they you're know gonna, it. Did they know it? Did they tell you they knew it? Some everybody does, but what they do is they do the hem haul. I call it the hem haul, and they go, well, it all depends on what your definition of food cost is, because typically, and you can see them trying to process. What they're, they're like, where's, lie. Where's my Google? Where's my Google? Exactly. Why can't I? Uh, hold on. Uh, my mother's calling. Um, so yeah. to give everybody the idea. And, and so there's three different types of cost that happen in, in a restaurant when it comes to food or anything else. 
You've got a true cost. Let me let me start with a, a, a raw cost. Raw is your purchases divided by sales. The next one that way too many pay attention to, and I get a lot of uh, a lot of flack on this, but the next one is a theoretical cost. And theoretical is my whole. Me- I have ten items on my menu. Every one of my menu items is is between thir- twenty nine and thirty one. So in reality, my food in theoretically my food cost should be a thirty percent. And what that thirty percent means is that for every dollar that you that you get in of food, 30 cents of that should go towards the cost of the food. So that's what food cost is. So there's a theoretical and a raw, and then you have a true cost, which is your usage or your utilization divided by the sales. So to get to your utilization, you take your beginning inventory and your ending inventory, and then you subtract or your beginning inventory and your purchases, and then subtract the ending inventory, blah, blah, blah. And that's how you get your food cost. It gives you your utilization. You're not a math person. Exactly. And, and that's okay. And I would never ask you that question though. Right. Right. It was it, totally my math, my math. Wish. Yeah. I always go to him and ask him or my dad. Like, it's just, I can't, I'm like, I can't, I can't. But, like, but, you know. and, and for me, it's more about because the, one, you're, you're coming to me for a job that I, that, that you're expected to understand that. Yeah. You know, but well, also, did you, I mean, a lot of the things, I mean, what is that? Like a general man? Like what kind of position is that? That's for that? an executive chef. Okay. So as an executive chef, if you can't calculate food costs, then then really who are you? Because you're buying and you're getting that stuff, right? And, and one and I'm gonna talk about this and actually in my in my my opening statement, I'm actually gonna talk about this is the idea of chef and, and the where and how it's 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 kind of utilized within the industry anymore. In in our industry, I have too many people that are executive chefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have guys who have run 1900 square foot bars that they did a thousand dollars in week and they were the executive chef of the restaurant. Like that is just not a term that should be tossed around Um, an executive chef because, because look, chef, chef has a whole different terminology to it. You know, Mm -hmm. the, the, the actual true title of chef is, is one that it means the head of the brigade. It's the person who leads the brigade and, and in, and in multiple different areas, people use the term chef, but, but for this, if you're going in as an executive chef, like you are required to know certain things. I want to know oh, how yeah, we you know sure. finances, sure. scheduling, late, you know, every part of it. And the amount of people that don't is is just shocking to me. It's a whole other for that. For oh, sure. Hold on. Oh, you stopped. You gotta back up. You, you you totally broke up. Say it again. I think it's a whole other world, like an executive chef. You know what I totally. mean? Where people don't take that seriously. Totally. You know? And it's a tough, I mean, it's a tough run, you know, it's not an yeah. easy thing. I mean, there's a lot that goes along with that, but, but if you're going to come to me and you're going to interview with me and on your resume, you have ex- executive chef, I'm going to ask you executive chef questions. Mm-hmm. And I've had guys get up and walk out and be like, this is not what I expected. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, because I'm a tough interview. That like surpri- That's surprising though. Yeah. You would think that if you knew what the whole concept of that is, like you don't think that the person that's going to hire you is not going to ask those questions? Well, and here's the deal because because the term executive chef has been so loosely tossed around that you, you know, I, I mean, you know, anybody can go into a kitchen as a good cook, as a chef, whatever, and yeah. become an executive chef. But here's the deal is that not many can hold that title true to its actual name. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times when I talk to these guys, I say, well, hey, let me ask you a question. Like, what kind of volume were you doing in your restaurant? And they'd say, oh, we did about, you know, about, about 125 covers a night. And I'd say, okay, well, well, what volume is that? Like, how much dollar-wise would you guys be doing? Because it gives me a multitude of – it leads me in a whole bunch of different areas. But, right. 
but I have people all the time that have no idea what they're what I'm talking about when I ask that question. So, um, have so have you ever wanted to uh, open a open a spot up? No, no, <laughs> absolutely. You're a wise not. woman, my friend. It's, I mean, I saw my dad go through it. I mean, he had a bakery for a while, and then now he has a little cafe like in Brazil and stuff like that. But it's small, nothing big. He didn't want anything complicated, and he worked for factories here for a long time. He was like. You know, for like uh, Jeff Solomon, I don't know if you ever heard of that name, the Jewish bakery. Name's very familiar. Yeah, he was in the Jewish bakery uh, game for a long time, my dad. Really? uh, Yeah. So the halas, the bagels, the egg wash, you know, all that stuff. I mean, we used to get bags of it coming home because we didn't want to get rid of it. So my dad would bring it home. My mom would take it to homeless people. It was crazy. I mean, it was crazy. That is funny. Uh, yeah. So wait, so are your parents still here? Are your parents still? No, no. They're in Brazil. They went back to Brazil. Um, so they're there now. They want to come back now to actually come back and live. So we'll see. Huh. How long have they been there? Um, My mom's been there for quite a bit, for quite a while now. So, um, and so has my dad. But my dad was here a couple of years ago. So, um, but yeah, they've been back. Do you get down there? I actually, I haven't been there in a while. Um, I took Rick, obviously, the first time when he went, and it's a whole different world down there, you know? It's beautiful, but you you learn to appreciate what you have here. We take things for granted here, you know what I mean? You know, people live there in, like, little, these little shacks with, like, dirt floors, and they're completely happy. I mean, they don't know any better, but, you know, and here we complain about certain things. Yeah, we complain about everything. Oh, yeah. For yeah, sure. I just had an argument with my daughter about the way she folded the clothes. <laughs> Sorry, but there's a standard. Like, we all have standards, right? I mean, when you teach your kids to fold clothes, do you, you want them to learn the way that you well, like the, col- the clothes folded? Yes, yes. And I've always taught them, too, because I was always taught, like, everything has a home. So everything that you take out has a home. So you put it back where it belongs. Right. You know, so they know. They know. They're trying. They're little. But, I, you know, my little guy's starting to take the trash out and stuff. <laughs> nice. When do they start arguing? Oh my god, are you kidding me? Oh, they I take the trash out. They argue already with each other, which is insanely ridiculous. What's the difference in age? They're only eighteen months apart. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they're really close, and they're always in the kitchen with me. What are you making today? Oh, what's for dessert? Like after dinner, they're always like, "Oh, what are you making for dessert?" Like it's always, <laughs> you know, it's always and, something. And how many nights a week do you cook? I cook every night. Every night. Do you guys go out? I mean, other than events and stuff, do you guys go out? I do, like, on Fridays, Saturdays, we either go out or something like that. But usually from Monday to, like, Thursday, I cook. What was was last night's dinner? Well, that was Sunday. What was last night's dinner? So we made um, mussels. Okay. The kids wanted white wine and mussels. Get them shitty early. Get them drunk. I love it. White wine, mussels with garlic and stuff like that. And then we had like fish and stuff. So we had broccoli rob and uh, fish chard and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. You went all out. I did. I figured it was Father's Day, you know. Oh, that's true. I forgot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What did, uh, does Rick cook? He does. I allow him in the kitchen once a while. Wow. Wow. That's really fucked up. He makes a mess though. (laughs) Oh, does he? Nice sloppy man. <laughs> he cooks. I mean, he makes a, like he makes this this uh, like mushroom chicken thing that he does. It's really good. But I mean, with him, like with me, I'm in my kitchen. I need to have it 
clean yeah. before I start. And when I'm cooking, I clean as I go. Of course, you that's know? what you're taught to do. I don't cook but, that way, but. But with him, if there's dishes already in the sink, he's just going to pile more on top of it. Well, you got to cook. I mean, that's creativity at its finest. And he's a creative <laughs> being. Let the poor guy create. Stop stifling his his talent. He has guy. his talent. He can, he can stick to his books and stuff. His talent's just not, it's not cleaning up after himself. I got Right, you. exactly. Um, so what is, uh, well, I'm still very intrigued at the fact that you cook almost seven nights a week. I love it though. To me, I love going in the kitchen, having a glass of wine and listening to music. Right. That's my, that's my stress reliever. Nice. Like people, people look at me, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I love to be in the kitchen. I, I actually go to the supermarket every day to buy my meat. I don't have stuff frozen. Right. I don't have frozen meat in my, in my freezer. Yeah. I, I, I don't like it. I just don't like frozen like chicken. Nothing against anybody else. I just that's just my. Who cares what they want to do? It's your house. Yeah, it Who is cares? right. Tell Everybody me go to hell. Be like go to hell. Um. What? Uh. So what's for dinner? What'd you have for dinner tonight? I'm just intrigued by the whole because of the fact that you so cook tonight, as much as you do. Tonight was tonight was super hot. So um, I just made like a basic salad. Um, you know, just cut up some vegetables. We had baby arugula. Peppers. I made like a lemon vinaigrette, you know. Right. Emulsify the like olive oil with the, the lemon and stuff like that. Just a basic thing. And then I actually, I actually did pick up a rotisserie chicken. They're the best. It was just, it was so damn hot. Yeah. You know? I know. <laughs> so damn. I, I want to cook, but it's like it's just so damn hot. And then it's well. And then did it rain up there? It did, and oh. I wanted to get a grill. We grill all the time. Yeah. We got caught. I had to drive out to Westchester uh, to grab something for the Jeep. And we got about 20 minutes away, 25 minutes away, and it just downpoured. And I had the top, and I had the top off the Jeep. Oh. So, and so this is, I, I'm going to throw a plug out here real quick for anybody who lives or has a Jeep or has any, any sort of SUV or whatever it is. But I had to go to Quadra Tech in Westchester, which is like, they, they're, it's a, they're dedicated to Jeeps and all that stuff. And I pulled into the parking lot and I had, I, I couldn't find the place. So I'm like driving around the parking lot. It's literally like, dumping water <laughs> on top of me and the girls. Fiona's in the back seat with a towel over her legs, like shivering. Oh Emily's in the front seat, just like bundled up. And I'm like, oh my God, girls, I'm so sorry. And uh, we pull up in front of the window to the place and I have a tarp over the top of the Jeep that I keep in the back. <laughs> you can laugh. I'm full-fledged white trash. I'm okay with that. Oh I'm God, total redneck in it. And then, and so I pull up in front to go in and I said, oh, my God, the Jeep, it's raining, blah, blah, blah. And the guy says to me, what kind of Jeep do you have? And I said, I have a, a, a 16 uh, Wrangler. And he's like, all right, cool. And he, like, walks away. And the guy comes back and gives me an emergency top that oh, had rain fun. jackets inside of it. Like, how awesome was that? So, wow. so Quadratech, you guys have my business from now on. I'll let you guys know that stuff. But, like, what amazing customer service to That's have that. Really cool. You know, I mean, it's just like me and the girls in the back of the Jeep. So whatever it is, but yeah. So what is, uh, so, I mean, what's, what's going on? Do you have anything big coming up other than, than food and wine? Not really. I mean, it's a day to day thing, you know, like Friday I'll be on Fox 29. Like it's just, it's when producers call you, you got to be ready to go or pitch, you know, they're always like, Hey, do you want to do this? Hey, do you want to do that? Hey, can you send me ideas? You know? So it's kind of a day to day thing, you know? Yeah. Just living the dream. Yeah, yeah, I know the dream. Right? Just living the dream. I've been involved in the dream. And then so so Rick is And then is, like I said, and like I said, I have I have stuff in the works right now going back and forth, 
you know, with conferences and stuff like that, nice. with, you know, some networks. So we'll see what happens. Nice. And then Rick's writing all the time? He is. That's cool. Yeah. That's He's fun. Writing. Yeah, he just released his second kid's book. So. That's awesome. What's the yeah. name of it? Let's plug it. Uh, Let's plug it. It's Little, what is it? Oh, my God. Little Boy, little boy in the Land of Sleepless Nights. It's called The Wife. It's called The Wife Who Couldn't Remember What Her Husband Wrote. It's exactly what it is. It's no longer the, what is it? The boy with the mom who can't remember the name of the book? <laughs> it's Little Boy. In oh, the my Land God. Of <laughs> 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 it's again. It's awesome. Rick, what's the name of the book, wait, dude? Do you remember the first time we met? When I was doing that thing for that the one website, and I couldn't say the end of the thing, and we had to do it over and over and over again. What? Where? We met at that one event. I forget what it was called. I was like um, going around interviewing people. Oh, that was at a uh, Philly at uh, uh, Flavor Taste uh, Flavor yes, Philly Flavors like that, yeah. Philly. That was Katie Everett's event. Yes. Yes. Love yep. that woman. Yeah. Her with the new baby. I know, such a little beauty. Awesome. I haven't um, seen her in forever. I gotta, I gotta, we did, we've done some fun events together, her and I. Yeah, like, she's, yeah. Awesome. she's a wonderful person. So, yeah. um, so, so you're just kind of doing that and then you're, you're waiting for more TV stuff to be showing up. Yep. Yep. I love it. Yep. I love it. All right. Well, I know you have shit you got to do. I got to yep. pack for the outer banks and get all that stuff sort of ready. Um, so much fun. I hope, I mean, look, I would love to have you back on. I'd love to talk to you. I want to talk more about the food stuff. You know, yeah, I mean, sure. I really do. We just kind of talked here, but I, I would love to talk more about the food stuff and some of the stuff that you do, because not a lot of people that that are on, you know, a lot of people that, are, that listen to this and whatnot are radio people. But I'm, the followers that we're starting to get through are a lot more, um, a lot more moms. I just mm -hmm. found out. So we've got a whole bunch of moms that follow as well and love that stuff. You know, I mean, that, that yeah. want to find some of the easier stuff because you what you do is so effortless. So it's kind of cool to see the stuff that you post and, and all that. So, so where do we find you? HomemadeDelish.com and HomemadeDelish on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. It's all the same. All the same. I love all that. All plugged in together. I love that. <laughs> I talk to people all the time and they're like, well, my Instagram is Sexy White Coco and <laughs> my Twitter is Chef Brian Duffy and my Facebook. And I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, how the hell? And they're like, I really got to learn how to grow my brand. I'm like, all right, well, rule number one, dude. That's the first thing that you need to do. That's the first thing I learned is that you need to have everything as one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay. So here's another good, let me just ask this before you take off. So uh, by the way, everybody, it's homemade delish at homemade H O M E A D E delish D E L I S H. So what is your kind of, what advice are you giving? Would you give to somebody who wants to do what you're doing at this exact moment? Not talking to me, of course. Um, and not being married to Rick, your writer. You, can't remember definitely, you definitely have to be passionate about what you're, you're going to do. You okay. can't just say, Oh, I want to start a website or pursue TV or what you have to be passionate about what you're doing. Cause even if you are going to do TV, people will see that come through and you know, it doesn't, doesn't shine. Uh, same thing with your website. You're speaking with your, like the people that are following you. So be relatable, you know, uh, don't write to me. I don't like to sit there and write a huge long book for, for my website. It's just it's there for people to go to. So they can go right to the recipe and that's just the way it is. So for me, it's, it's, consistency um and just being like you know open to your followers all the time you know you're gonna get emails from them and answer their questions you know stuff like that 
So just persist. You got to be persistent with it. All right. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Roberta Papito. She was awesome. She was just the best. I adore her. I'm so glad that we uh, had an opportunity to talk and you guys got to meet her. And, you know, she's kind of a little low key tonight. It's 10 o'clock at night on a on a Monday night that I'm recording this. And, uh, you know, she's a little low key after a long weekend of uh, doing her good stuff and everything. So um, but I hope you guys enjoyed talking to her because I know I did. And I really love talking to her. So um, so that's what I have to say about Roberta. I appreciate all of your time, my friend, uh, for taking out for to spend it with us so everybody can kind of get to know you. So thank you so much. Um, with that being said, I am going to close it out. I'm going to say good night to everybody or good morning or good afternoon or however it is that you guys listen to this. Um, I want to thank you all for coming out and chilling out with me. Um, I am uh, eternally grateful. I really am. I love that you guys get out here and, and listen to some of this. And I love your comments. If you're listening to this and it's the end, uh, I hope you do it. Uh, I hope you can you can you can hear me and you're not you haven't shut it off just yet. But get out there and and tell me. I want to hear from you on Twitter, on Instagram, on all the good stuff. Let me know. I want to talk to you guys. Um, tell me what you want me to talk to. Who do you want me to talk to? I got some really cool guests coming up. But I want to hear from you guys who you want to hear. So do me that favor. Share it with me. Um, you can go to Instagram or Twitter at Chef Brian Duff. You can go to Facebook and send me a message through there. That is very simply Chef Brian Duffy. You want to tell me to go fuck myself? Please, for God's sakes, do it in public. Um, but if not, you want to email it to me, Chef Brian Duffy at gmail.com. That's where you can get me very simply. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming out. I'm going to give my last little bit to my three people that I love and adore other than my family. I want to say thank you to the boys at uh, RadioInfluence.com, Jason and Jerry, for putting up with me every week. I definitely want to thank my love, the wonderfully talented Maggie Gagliardi. That's at Mags Z Art. That's Mags Art. Michelle out at, at uh, uh, bu- 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 I stumbled. There you go. I stumbled. Michelle out there at uh, Techno Solution. Thank you so much for doing my websites and some fun graphic stuff as well. All right. Everybody take care. Have an absolutely amazing week. I love you. Thanks very much. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified check mark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 